Fantastic Health Hotline. Boy, we've been gone a month, haven't we? Uh, we had a major system hit, lost all of our files, have been rebuilding everything for days and weeks. And, um, and then, of course, once you try to retrieve and rebuild everything, uh, you're still missing the little extensions and file extensions that allow you to do what we're doing right now. So for those of you who've never done podcasting, you don't know what's involved with it, but it's, uh, it can get complicated. And, and of course, we have um, had to buy a new computer, and uh, that's now Windows Vista, which is not compatible with any of our other computers <laughs> um, because they're they're all XPs, and that's what capitalism under certain greedy hands does. They they reinvent everything so that they can make some more sales because um, they don't want people buying systems and computers and keeping them for 10 or 20 years. It's three or four years and and start anew so that you can get a $50 million bonus every year or something. And of course, um, some of these companies like Microsoft, you know, have uh, lobbied to get H1 SB or whatever visas, but so they could fire American workers and and put foreign workers in and pay them less, and and then they give them incentives and say, you know, come up with something new so we can make a lot of money. Um, greed, I guess, is the key word for for February and January, since we missed most of January, and um, greed is definitely what's going on in this country, isn't it? Actually, it's going on all over the world. It's amazing to see how our Congress, our House of Representatives and Senators, um, make, you know, half a million dollars a year in basic salary and then do these speaking engagements and consult, they say, with uh, uh, health care agencies, for instance, like Tom Daschle, who didn't pay his taxes, um, and make another $6.5 million doing that. And, uh, and they're working on a stimulus package for us. How in touch do you think they are? <laughs> uh, and it's interesting, um, go back to politics as usual, I guess. Um, you've got Democrats and you've got Republicans, and then you have independents, and you have the left and the right, and the conservatives and the radicals, and uh, everything in between. And we know what happened in November. Um, and I'm trying to give him a chance. I am. He's going more center. Than, than far left, but but <laughs> but that Congress under Pelosi and Reid, holy moly, um, uh, they believe in spending, spending, spending. And and if you look at the appointments that are being made to some of the cabinet positions, uh, the Treasury and and Tom Daschle for health care, who is going to work with Dick Durbin to get rid of all alternative um, and holistic health programs so that the pharmaceutical companies will make more money because that's who they consult with and make their money with. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that they don't want to cut taxes, but none of them pay their taxes. That's why they don't care about cutting taxes. They, they raise taxes everywhere or keep them as high as they can because they don't end up paying them anyway. And uh, they don't get <clears throat> thrown in jail or or uh, fined or anything. They pay a little interest, maybe, if if they're in the public spotlight. And um, <clears throat> they don't have to pay for years. And nobody even changes their forms. <laughs> so, you know, there's something definitely that people in America have to start understanding. That this is our country, not theirs. That they work for us, not the other way around. And uh, many talk show people are finally getting to the point where they're trying to help people understand what they can do. 
um, just writing your congressman is not going to work because his aide, who probably doesn't speak English, is going to receive the mail or the email and, and toss it. Um, if you call them, they may tell their bosses that they got 30 or 40 calls today, but they're not going to say they got four and a half million calls. Um, so what do you do? Uh, I, I, I don't know if I can answer the question. I, um, I know when I was in college, when I was young, and we wanted to protest, we pulled people together somehow. I mean, we did grassroots organizing, which is what Obama did, and we pulled people together and we protested. Um, and we, we did things, like we got Title IX passed uh, way back in 1972, I guess it was. Um, pushed for a lot of changes in the university systems, at least. Um, not always good, either, by the way. Just because we protested doesn't mean we were right. <laughs> you get caught up in some of these groups, you become a sheep instead of a leader, and you think that everything that everybody is saying is, is correct and the right way to go, but you find out as you age a little bit and get a little wiser that maybe you were on the wrong side of that fence. Um, but we need to learn or relearn how to do something revolutionary to stop what's going on. Now you have this Congress who is um, playing with all this money that belongs to someone else. I mean, just, just for the Treasury, not for the stimulus plan. We have to borrow another, um, well, I guess it's close to a half a trillion dollars from uh, China and Canada and other countries who are so far still kind of friendly to us um, by selling bonds to them. Well, you know what? If they turn in those bonds, if, if their economy hits a certain place and they say, you know what, we can't handle this debt anymore, pay us back. We don't have a country anymore. It would collapse within hours, our whole economy, and everything would... Um, go to zero because the dollar would, would mean nothing, which is what's prophecy. That's what's supposed to happen, not just dollars, but euros and, and, and rubles and and Deutschmarks and everything else will be worth nothing because of all the economies being affected by each other. Um, but here we are with all these so-called stimulus packages that uh, resod the lawns in, in, in national parks and... Um, uh, pay for the study of honeybees and global warming and buy every household six condoms and make sure that everybody has a converter for television. Now, I was probably just born or one or two years old when my family got a television. Um, my father worked. He owned a restaurant and worked hard at, at that job. It was... You know, being a small business owner, you work 18 hours a day. You don't work 9 to 5 and, and, and ask for handouts from your boss. Um, he worked hard and was finally able to afford a little television so we could watch Howdy Doody and Superman and Lawrence Welk and Ed Sullivan and uh, cartoons, you know, things like that. I Love Lucy, I guess, all those programs that were on then. Um, and you know what? He didn't go to the government and say, I don't have the proper setup for this and, and I need help because I can't get a picture because I got the TV set but not the antenna. <clears throat> so if you could just buy the antenna for me, I could see my TV programs. 
if you couldn't afford the antenna to go with the television, then you didn't watch television. You didn't own one because you hadn't earned it yet. You hadn't gotten to the point where you could afford it. Um, it, it didn't matter how hard you were working. Why we're going to spend $630 million um, to make sure that people who have old TV sets can watch digital television is beyond me. I don't want to pay for that. You know, I've gone through my own stuff over here. We go through DirecTV and Dish Network and cable and back to Direct and back to cable. And then it costs us money all the time. And if we couldn't do it, then we wouldn't have it. <laughs> we wouldn't aspire to have it. Um, and that's that wouldn't be such a bad thing either, not to have the television. But the point is, is that, you know, I don't sit around thinking, gee, I think I want a big screen TV and I want it to be high definition, but I can't afford that, so I want the government to pay for it for me. If we get to that headset, if we get to that place where we're allowing those kinds of things to happen, uh, all the talk about communism and socialism will be true, because that is a, a communist or socialist state where the government is in control. They own the businesses, they own all the money, and they have control of you. If they don't want you to have the television, then you won't. If they only want you to have a certain kind of television, that's what you'll have. If they only want you to see certain programs, that's what you'll have. Um, and we're giving away that control every day. We're giving our lives and our souls to our government, which is not the way life is supposed to be in any country. Not just here, but in any country. You're giving away the control of your own life. and. Uh, and we shouldn't be. When, in, in this country, anyway, we had the revolution for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the pursuit is the main word, that you are allowed because you are free, not free to hurt anyone or say anything you want or uh, steal or be greedy or whatever all these people are doing, but the freedom to be an American, a human being who understands the value of humanity and neighbors and um, and love and connection to pursue those things in your life that make you truly happy not that give you a thrill or a high or uh, you know get your adrenaline pumping because you really get to tell somebody off none of those kinds of things but but true happiness and as you get older you find out that true happiness is um, is family and friends that don't go away or haven't died or, or haven't betrayed you or let you down. Um, your children, of which there shouldn't be 40 of them or 60 of them. I can't believe what went on with the octuplets. If you haven't heard that story, you need to look into it. This woman is now going to try to sell a book. Well, what happens to those 14 children that she now has? that she has taken no responsibility for, but was obsessed with having. And so went to a fertility doctor who was obsessed with getting the in, uh, medical insurance payments through Medicaid, which is through the government, so that he could um, help her have eight babies <clears throat> to go along with the other six children while she's on welfare and Medicaid and, um, and uh, has destroyed her parents. And, and everything else so that she can write a book now and make millions of dollars she thinks um, we got we got problems don't we and it's a it's a mental problem where we have lost control and when you do for instance when you are involved with drugs 
um, and not necessarily illegal ones. Things like antidepressants and um, and mood elevators and cholesterol lowerers and blood pressure medicine. And uh, we had um, uh, company this last weekend, and the gentleman who was here is used to be a physical education teacher, and of course is now in his late sixties and. And has gained weight and does all that, but he still gets around. But, you know, he's had things like heart attacks and, and um, arterial blockages. And uh, just before he left this morning, he had like a shoebox full of all the different medications that he needs to take, he thinks. And uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that saying, you know, they've got you, don't they? Because he's afraid of what's going to happen to him. So <clears throat> he's taking seven, I think there were seven prescriptions um, in large bottles and about 13 in little bottles. And, and he had to keep them all straight about which ones he was supposed to take in the morning and the afternoon. But but And none of them were antidepressants or, or um, um, illegal drugs or anything like that. But it affects the chemistry in your brain so that you start forgetting things. You... you um, you may talk incessantly just because you've taken all these drugs, or you may have trouble sleeping, or um, it starts starts affecting your joints so you can't move, and that affects your brain, it affects your mind, and the way that you think about things. So, <clears throat> what we have is the beginning of 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 the end, I guess, of widespread mental illness in the world. We are um, we are many flying over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, and and we have to put a stop to it. If you believe in your own country, and, and mostly I talk to Americans, I guess, because I am one, but uh, I have people all over the world. If you believe in your country, if you believe in in humanity and the pursuit of happiness and life and liberty, then you have to be willing to not make the sacrifices that Congress and Obama are telling you to make, which means redistribute your wealth and and, uh, and uh, um, tie the belts tighter while you're having 19 children or getting 20 abortions a, a year because you're not supposed to have children or whatever it is that they're trying to dictate to us. But the pursuit of true happiness that, that says, I'm an American, I can call together as many people as I can find on any given day, on any given corner, and and present my case as an American, and tell Congress to stop telling the GM CEOs and the Wall Street CEOs not to take bonuses and, um, and to lower their pay, but to start with themselves. How about if they all work for a dollar a year? And how about if they're not allowed to consult with the same groups and, and companies that are lobbying them to pass legislation? How about if they actually not just say that, but they, they enforce those rules? Tom Daschle consults for healthcare agencies and pharmaceutical companies. He's now in charge of um, uh, defining and building the health care plan for the United States. Well, where do you think he's getting his input from? And where do you think he's getting his money from? So what do you think is going to be in that plan? I can guess. You know, I actually signed up on that on their website, um, change.gov and transition.gov, and, and told them that I would do um, one of the things they were asking or saying that they were asking people to do is have meetings about about um, health care and how to change it. And, and that Tom Daschle may attend your meeting. <clears throat> well... <laughs> what you do is you get a bunch of paperwork and uh, 
and they get you all excited and you go out and you find as many people as you can and you have a meeting and then they give you a an, an agenda uh, with specific questions on it that say, says things like um, um, uh, which health care provider should be the main health care provider and what is your main disease or complaint um, things like that that's that's not changing health care that's saying okay do we like Humana or AARP or Blue Cross Blue Shield which one is better um, which one will lower our costs if we increase our use of pharmaceuticals because they're they're connected and then, then you fill out the form and say okay how many people came and and they leave a little space for were there any additional comments well of course I wrote like 900 pages and uh, and I sent this report in and got a form letter back of three lines saying thank you for holding your meeting <laughs> um, and of course you know there's they've got their little workers scanning that saying okay any good ideas on on how this should work or that no nothing okay throw it away um, so but anyway so Tom Daschle who who was a leader in the Senate for a long time and didn't pay his taxes um, until again he was being appointed and all of a sudden the, the tax issue comes up <clears throat> um, makes 6.4 million dollars a year consulting on health care and by uh, with companies who like Wyeth and, and Merck who have lobbied for higher pharmaceutical costs and and for the elimination of importing drugs from elsewhere that are cheaper and things like that is now in charge of defining our health care system and um, and it will affect all of us uh, I think antidepressants will be like regular vitamins every day for people, and uh, that allows the mind to be controlled. I, I, I did a, a class up in um, North Carolina a year and a half ago or so, I guess, and during one of the lunch breaks, we were, oh, ten of us sitting around a table, and one of the women at the table said, oh, I love my Paxil. Without my Paxil, I couldn't get through my day. And that has never left me, that somebody could be sitting at a table with, with good people, um, eating healthy and enjoying the conversation only in her mind because of her Paxil. Otherwise, she couldn't enjoy it. She couldn't get through the day. And boy, don't the drug companies love that because you're going to be on those drugs for the next 30, 40, 50 years as prices go up. And the more, um, and that makes money for them. And then the more that you take that, the more it affects other parts of your body so they know that you'll be on several other medications uh, for the next 20 or 30 years. And that's job security, isn't it? <laughs> that's called residual benefits. And they just keep coming in. Meanwhile, the political residual benefit is is that as people keep doing this, their minds are are no longer able to focus or create uh, a different kind of life, a different um, response to everything that's going on around them. So they become controlled, and it's it's and they're fearful. And when they get fearful, they take more drugs, you know, or or, or do whatever they can, I guess, that isn't necessarily morally or legally correct to try to survive um, until you get to the point where you fall in with the flock. And the flock, everybody else is buying this or not buying this or going here and or not going there. And, and um, so that you have to do it, too, because you don't know what else to do. And you feel... Uh, frustrated and you get frustrated and you get scared so you take another pill and um, I've seen it I've seen it evolve you know 
every layer, every generation, every spiral does the same thing. They just make it worse or better as they're doing it. They change some things, but it's still the same thing. History repeating itself. You saw people tune out in the 60s, um, make love, not war, and go to drugs and sex. And uh, those same people are now my age. And what they're doing is, is spending and um, using drugs. And, uh, and, and promoting sex, I guess. Um, you look at the ads on television, the Super Bowl ads, and it's, what does it say about America when you have somebody eating a Dorito chip and because he comes outside and he bites into a Dorito, a woman walking down the street loses her clothes? What does that tell every other country about we as Americans? What does it tell them? This is what we're interested in. That's, I mean, food and sex, you know, sex and violence, violence and hatred, hatred and food, food and sex. That's all we do. That's what we are. So why, why are we complaining? You know, here we are, this arrogant country who had all this money and power in their minds um, and abused that power, they believe. Uh, and, and our moral values are, are, are not even here. Women are being exploited and, and allowing themselves to be exploited, and that's what really upsets me with my Native American blood. I mean, women are the keepers of the earth. They're supposed to be um, understanding of the sacred connection that we have to earth, and, and that you don't throw your body away. You don't give it to whoever wants it because, so you can be part of the crowd, so that you can be part of the flock. Um, you're supposed to be held up on a pedestal a little bit, just like Mother Earth is where procreation is a sacred thing um, because you're co-creating a, a child with God not not being uh, uh, used by a doctor to make more money or having yourself used to procreate so that you can write a book someday and because you're obsessed with making babies I mean, or just having sex because it's fun or having sex with four or five people a day because that makes you popular. Um, making sure that you have someone, so use your body to hold on to him because if you use sex in your body, then you won't be alone. Well, you know, maybe if we got back to God a little more, we wouldn't be worrying about all those things. If we understood that we're still kids, we're God's kids, and, um, and, and, and that having kids of our own is a huge responsibility that needs to be taken not not um, abused or or forgotten about we have children out there who need us badly um, you know my youngest <clears throat> he's 21 and called me yesterday and and told me some things about her boyfriend and we had a long talk on the phone and I said I want you to go back and talk and I want you to understand and ask him the reasons why He's asking you the questions he's asking so that you don't end up someday resenting him. He doesn't resent you, and you don't end up in trouble, and especially if you get married and you have two or three or four kids around and you're in trouble because the kids are the ones who are going to be affected. And she understood that. You know, she, she said, 
you know, when, when they talk, sometimes she forgets some things because you get caught up in the emotions and, and the dreams and, and the fantasies of what life could be and will be. And, of course, you're also working hard, so you're caught in a rut, and you're like everyone else your age. You're all dressing alike, acting alike, saying the same things, watching the same programs, texting the same messages, using the same Blackberries, all those kinds of things, because you're part of the flock. You're not a leader. And uh, and you get caught up in those things and you forget to ask those questions, um, whether you're 21 or 91. You forget. And and, um, and you have to go back. You have to take a step back and start asking those questions so that you can keep your sanity, your mental health, your physical health, your moral health, your spiritual health, um, and become more powerful. Because it, when you take that step back and you... And you you, you generate those kinds of questions. That's what your journey here is all about. And when you generate those questions and empower yourself, then maybe you can help to empower others so that we can stop the chaos and this rampant, ridiculous, um, total mental breakdown that's going on here in this country and globally based on greed and selfishness and vindictiveness and hatred and anger and negativity and um, and uh, foolishness and lack of responsibility and uh, any other word you can think of that falls in those categories. Uh, but we have to do something because the mental health of everyone is at stake and, and the mind-body-spirit connection is a triangle. It's very important that they're all kept in balance. Without the mental health, our spiritual health goes down or, or deteriorates. Our uh, physical health is then affected by that. Um, our emotional health is connected to the mental and the spiritual, and our, our, uh, all of our energies that help create the world around us then become very static and full of the same things. So start thinking about, and, and I'm going to help you eventually, start thinking about how we, as a people, can start organizing at a grassroots level to stop what's going on and do it quickly. Um, I know the weather's a hindrance. I warned you about winter. Sure did. Said it was going to be long and hard, and it has been horrendous for some people. I've tried to warn you about the volcanoes, and you see Mount Redout is ready to burst. So you people up in uh, Alaska and, and Washington and western Canada, um, be prepared, because volcanic ash is deadly to the eyes, the, the skin, and the lungs. So be prepared, and know all of you across the northern tier of America and Canada that if that does blow that it, it, the prevailing winds will take it east and, um, and it will affect you too. So it's not just because it's helping to somebody else, it's going to affect you too and we'll connect. It'll affect the fish in the waters, it'll affect everything and it's not going to be the only one. Um, volcanic action is going to happen because the earth is trying to heal. <clears throat> so will tornadic action in about four to five weeks. Um, much earlier than usual, but pr probably the early part of March. Um, uh, the United States is really the only country that gets tornadoes because of the way our, our uh, geology is laid out. But those of you here in the United States who are in tornado alleys, you know what you're waiting for. But those who aren't normally affected by tornadoes up in the northeast, um, uh, even as far west as Las Vegas, 
and California. Watch out for the weird kind of things that the winds are going to do, because the winds of change are in the air. We asked for it. We asked for change. And Mother Nature listened and said, yep, we need change. We're going to change everything. Watch out for those. Um, a lot of flooding is going to happen this spring, horrendous kind of flooding. And that always opens up the channels to, to earthquake kind of stuff. So people in South America who listen to me, you know in Chile and Peru that, that the earthquakes are coming. But um, you're going to feel earthquakes in places that you haven't felt them recently or ever before. Uh, Nashville, Memphis, up through the Ohio Valley into Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, Maine, uh, Toronto, Montreal, up in those areas, you are on a fault. Uh, there's actually two faults now that they found, <clears throat> and those will become a little bit more active over this next year, and and you'll be feeling Mother Earth trying to heal herself. So, not to put any fear into you, just awareness that these things are going to happen. It's not the end of the world. It's not God coming in judgment. It's the earth trying to heal itself and it has a mind, a body, and a spirit and it knows that it is mentally ill from all of the chaos, all of the negativity, all of the terrible rap music, the bad language, the um, immoral behaviors, the greed, the, the audacity of um, which is what the sequel to one book should be, the audacity of power, and what that power does to people's minds and, and how it's affecting everyone. All of our congressmen have more than two houses, do you? All of our congressmen and senators have make a half million dollars a year. How much do you make in your lifetime? All of them go out and consult the Clintons and everybody else, the Obamas. They're good. They go out and write books and consult with lobbyists and healthcare agencies and um, and energy corporations like Enron or whatever Enron, <laughs> Exxon, and uh, and they make six, seven, fifteen, thirty million dollars a year. Do you? No. Most of America and most of our world does not do that. These people are out of hand. They're out of control. And uh, when they're out of control, that means that they're in control of our lives. And we have to take that control back. Start small. Start with your own little circle. And then um, make those ripples start spreading out. Every time you spread out to one more person, you're making more of this world a better place to be. So get your voice, find your power. Um, sorry I haven't been on, and, and I hope all of this works on the new system. Yeah, if you don't hear from us for, for a few days, it's because we're still struggling with rebuilding. But we'll get there. And um, until then, please go to earthwalk-usa.com. We still have the website up. It's working. The classes are up on the online classes page. Um, the books are still out there. Spread the word. Tell your friends. And um, we'll be back in a few days. Uh, <clears throat> the groundhog saw a shadow in one place and didn't in the other. So you figure that one out. This is Raina G. Thank you for listening.